podcast. We've got the three of us in today. We've got me, Mikey, and David. Um, we were supposed to drop an episode a couple days ago. Uh, David, I told Mikey this. I don't even know if I told you this. I had a there was a crash like uh, with my 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 hard drive, with my my disc on my computer. So basically, what we recorded last time just went gone. So we had a full episode. It was a good episode, and it's just evaporated now. So we're that's why we're getting back a little late. Yeah, you guys wonder why why. You guys wonder why I have trouble showing up. You don't even tell me what's going on with the podcast. What's <laughs> up with that? Okay, 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 okay. David, <laughs> this, in, this, in this podcast, you were the last person I want to hear anything from. When we were, <laughs> we were supposed to record this yesterday, and David calls me at 4.10 and is like, hey, dude, um, so I just ordered food with my friends. Any chance we could do it tomorrow? <laughs> That's on me. That's on me. Yeah, Austin. Austin called me. He goes, he goes. Uh, David's not on. And I was like, go. Like, yeah, David's being a real piece of shit. Go, go, go. That David said, yeah, I'll set an alarm to remind you. Yeah, the problem was the podcast. And only one. The problem was I set my alarm uh, fifteen minutes before it started, and that wasn't enough time for me to unorder my food and drive home. Dude, yeah, because he. He, the funny thing is, too, David texted us in the group chat and said, 4.15 tomorrow, set your alarms now so we don't forget. Yeah. <laughs> he forgets. Yeah. Um, maybe, I mean, but that's typical David for you. I, I expect oh, Yeah, I called Mikey. I said, well, at first I said, you're not going to believe this. And then I go, well, actually, you're probably going to believe this. <laughs> um, but anyway, no, uh, if – just a reminder, all of our previous episodes you can find Spotify, our podcast. Um, we're recording now for YouTube um, and social media. You can find us on Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at That Damn Sports Podcast, D A M. Um, so, obviously, the big news in the sports world right now is the NBA playoffs. But there was some news that broke yesterday that I feel like we need to cover in the NFL front um, because here at That Damn Sports Podcast, we're a big fan of this player. Um, and he just spiced up this offseason even more. I thought this offseason couldn't get any better, and I was proven wrong yet again. Debo Samuel is now re- requesting a trade. Um, the 49ers do not have to trade him this offseason if they don't want to. Um, but that's an asset. He's one of the best receivers in football, The ways you can, especially because of the ways you can use him as a, as a running back, as a receiver, and in so many different ways. Um, so let me. I'm going to go to Mikey first. Mikey, who – do you think would be a, a good suitor, a good team for Debo to land at, or a team that – I won't say for Debo to land at, but a team that could make the trade happen and that really does need a receiver like Debo Samuel? I mean, I think, I think the obvious choice is Green Bay. You know, you just lose Devontae Adams. And you, need, you need a weapon for Aaron Rodgers. And you get Aaron Rodgers, Debo Samuel, I mean, he's going to be a very Ooh. happy guy. You know what I mean? And – you know, they, got, they got the draft capital for it now, and they just got rid of Devontae. And if I'm Debo, hell yeah, I want to go to Green Bay, go play with Aaron Rodgers for a couple of years. But, you know, it, it, it was shocking to hear that Debo was coming out. You know, I thought he would stay a 49er, and I thought he liked, I thought he liked the system. But, you know, I don't think it's money-wise. I, I see the reports coming out that it has nothing to do with this contract. It's that he doesn't want to play running back anymore. And I really? Think, I, I think, I that, yeah, that. It, it's a smart move by him. You know, the reports that I've seen – are saying that it was never nothing to do with contract. It's that he doesn't want to play running back in. I understand that from an injury standpoint. I mean, he's been injured, and the more times you use him as a running back to get hit, he's going to get injured, and he's not going to make money. 
So I understand that coming from a wide receiver standpoint, but Green Bay is an interesting look. You know, I thought the Atlanta Falcons, obviously with Calvin Ridley out, you know, they could go and get the trade for Debo Samuel. He's still young. And then once Calvin Ridley comes back, you got two superstar wide receivers there along with Kyle Pitts. You get a quarterback and the Atlanta Falcons are looking like a good team. And then the third one I'd finally say is the New England Patriots. They haven't done anything in the offseason. Uh, I know they got Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne, but you put Mac Jones and Debo Samuel, I think that's a good fit right there too. Yeah, no, I, um, I, I definitely agree. Then I think you kind of stole that thunder from me because I called you as soon as the news broke. I told you I told you I thought Green Bay, and then you were like, no way. And then I asked Mikey what team he thinks, and he just takes my team right out from underneath. <laughs> you know, I had, I had time to think about it, and, you know, I got – you know, I was reading articles. I was like, you know what, Green Bay actually does make a lot of sense now that I'm thinking about it. So I, I, did, jump, I did jump at you off the gauge really quick, but it, it made more sense when I had time to think about it. Well, that's my team, and I think that's the best – fit for him. I think that suits both parties fine. I will say another team that's definitely going to be pushing hard for Devo because they've lucked out on a bunch of receivers and they're trying to get a, a star receiver and they definitely have the draft capital and that's the New York Jets. Now, yeah. if Debo wants to go play there, that I don't know, but they do have his upcoming draft, I think the fourth and Is it really up to him though? I mean... It's not because he, he doesn't have the no trade clause obviously because he's a rookie. But nowadays, I would say with the way the league is going is he does because if he doesn't want to go to a team, he's just going to be like, yo, I'm sitting out. I'm not going That's to this so team. Crazy. And then obviously that team and obviously that team will be like, hey, well, then we're not trading for him. And then he kind of picks and chooses the teams that he would go to. Maybe not the top team he would go to, but he's definitely not going to go to a team where he's not interested in, I would say. Well, and with New York, he could because he only has one year on his contract left, I believe. Yeah, I think a team that we were talking about um, last episode or two episodes ago, maybe, I don't know if that one aired or not, was the Lions, who need yeah. a receiver badly. Yes. And I think that would be a smart move for them. Yeah, no, I 100% agree, too. And I actually saw them. I actually saw their name pop up on some reports, too, because they, I mean, their receiving quarter is, I think, the most depleted in the entire NFL. And they're building something over there in Detroit, and I don't, I don't see any reason why someone wouldn't want to go up there and play. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, well it is Detroit. <laughs> yeah, and historically <laughs> they haven't really, they don't have much of a name, and it also is Michigan, which is I wouldn't want to live exactly. in Michigan, <laughs> much less Detroit. Well, <laughs> I think Detroit's a good one. I don't know what they have to offer. Um, I know, if, like with the Jets, the I mean, yeah, they have the fourth pick the 10th pick in this draft I feel like they would definitely be willing to give up those, those are good picks but I feel like they'd be willing to give up those two for Debo problem is they got to know for a fact that Debo's going to resign with him because if he goes there for a year and you just give up your fourth and 10th pick in the draft well yeah you really didn't gain much out of that yeah but with with that being said you know if, if he does get traded to a new team he's obviously getting that new contract so he'll be stuck with that team forever long he signs that contract for it's not that team's not going to bring him in for a year and not sign that deal um, they're going to sign him before he even signs that. They're going to sign him once he gets over. But another one I'm looking at, you know, the, the Philadelphia Eagles make sense. You know, they got they got two first-round picks this season, and they need a pass catcher. I know they got Devontae Smith, but that's about the only pass catcher they have. Uh, Jalen Rager is not much of a pass catcher anymore. They obviously lost Zach Ertz. They got Dallas Goddard. I could see him going to the Eagles, too. What so. do the Chiefs have to offer? Because, obviously, you know, they just lost Tyreek Hill. That would be, like, the perfect fill-in for Tyreek. But with that being said, for, to me, like, in my mind, and this is the Chiefs and the Packers, it's like, well, 
we just lost our our two best receivers. Why would any other receiver, or we each lost our best receiver? Why would anybody else looking from the outside in want to come in if they didn't want to stay there in the first place? Yeah, you know, I, I I've seen the Chiefs, but it I, I don't it doesn't make sense to me. If you're not going to re-sign Tyreek, why go out and get Debo? You know right, I mean? but it's like, was it really their choice? Yeah, I, I, Tyreek probably wanted to stay in Kansas. But now, but you know, now they have they have so so many so many picks that they can trade. I don't know. I mean, who's going to fill mean, in for Tyreek Hill? I guess they have Patrick. They Holmes signed, they signed Juju, much, but, and they got they got Travis Kelsey, and they have Hardman. I mean, I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to compare any of those guys to Tyreek Hill. But don't get me wrong. But when you do have Patrick, I mean, they still have speed over the top. They still have up. Yeah. So I mean, they they'll probably give it a year, see what happens. But I don't. Looking at the Chiefs, I don't think it's realistic just because they did let Tyreek walk. I think if you are going to sign a big free agent, why wouldn't you not just sign the guy who's been with your organization for four or five years now and who's a top five wide receiver? Panthers could trade McCaffrey for Debo. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't know about that one, but <laughs> I'd do it. They're both injury prone, but Debo Debo tends to stay on the field a bit more. Well, and there's no whoever wherever he goes, he's gonna he's gonna thrive. Because um, if he goes to a team like one of those top tier teams, like you said, the Chiefs or the Packers or something, he's gonna have that dominant quarterback to have with him. He's gonna be fine. And then if he goes to a team like the Jets or the Lions, well, he's gonna be all they got. So I mean, he's gonna go up. I mean, we saw the same right. thing this year. At the Texans, Brandon Cooks, I mean, I don't know how good Brandon Cooks realistically is, but he was the only real option in, in Houston, and then he just got a huge contract extension. Well, you saw what Amon hey, did up there, up there in Detroit at the end of the year. Hey, don't talk day. about Brandon Cooks. That man's been in the league, I think, I think it's his seventh year, and he's won over 1,000 yards every single year. He's, yeah, he's, he's the most underrated receiver in this league. That man has played um, on – whoa. He has not had an – I'm about to fat check it right now. Brandon Cooks, I don't think has had under a thousand yards per season. I'm almost positive. Well, Mikey, let's, Brandon, just, let's, let's calm down a little bit. Trust us, everyone. I didn't say it. Trust us, everyone. Mikey, I know, but you're you're over here dissing my man Brandon Cooks, and Mikey's I almost positive. Uh, yes, Mikey, because I said Brandon Cooks is the worst receiver to ever touch a football. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying. I mean, you don't you don't think of, when you're talking about about the Adams, the Tyreek Hills, you don't you're not saying, oh yeah, and Cooper Cups, and oh yeah, Brandon Cooks. Like, okay. I am sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was wrong. He's been in the league for eight years, and his rookie season, he only had 500 yards receiving. And then in 2019, where he got hurt, he had 583. But take out his rookie year in the year he got hurt. He's been over 1,000 yards receiving every single year. Okay. And people still want to diss this guy. Where, where, was, he, where, every was, he single year. where was he before Houston? He, he started off his career with New Orleans, then went to the Patriots, then went to the Rams, then with then went to the Texans. Oh, well. Yeah. I mean, this guy's played with – This guy's played – People are trying to for no reason, but we're not on Brandon Cooks. That's a different topic for a different time. But no one disrespect Brandon Cooks. That guy that guy is a good receiver for him. My point in saying that was just to say that, like, you know, if Debo, you're going to get money if you go to a team that doesn't have many options, and you're going to get sats. It's just a fact. So, but yeah, but he's got to stay, he's got to stay healthy. Yeah, biggest thing. But who knows? We'll see. We'll surely once we find out. I'm sure we'll have a lot to say about it. Um, and the way this offseason has been going, who knows where he's going to end up. Um, so that's going to be exciting. Uh, okay. 
So let's talk basketball. Now, what's been going on? We're halfway. We're not halfway through, but we're a couple games into the first round of the playoffs, and already, I mean, if this playoffs this is the most even the NBA has been in a long time, and because LeBron sucks now. In this first round, <laughs> these first round games are proven. Are proven that. I mean, now I mean, a lot. So many of these series are up in the air, and then even the series that are maybe like teams are down 2-0, the team that's up 2-0 is showing how dominant they are to where it's like, okay, yeah, they're actually a legit contender now. Um, the, the Nets should be up 2-0. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Okay. Oh, my God. I, I had to throw it but in there. I guess sorry, we'll talk that really quick because there is some big news. He's aiming for a game four return, but Ben Simmons is trying to return for game four um, of that series. I, no, I think, he's, I, I think he's playing game three. Here's the thing with that, though. They haven't played together at all. Right. I know. So who's it, to say they're going to come in? It's it's not like it, it's it's like an all star game, but in the all star game they don't play defense. You can't just expect these players to come together and and go win a championship when they haven't even played a game together. And the thing is, yeah. I don't know how how much Ben Simmons really helps. Yeah, he that's what I'm saying. He has an extremely limited offensive game. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, they could play him at center, and that might be perfect. And, and think about the ball handling they would have across the court. Well, he's great. Ben Simmons is great defensively, and you can patch him up against a Giannis and people like that. So that's the one benefit to having him. But on the offensive end, what is he really going to do much for you? I'm not. I'm not. I'm just not high. I think he. I think he's a great offensive player if he plays with conviction. The problem is in his head. Yeah, I, I agree with David. But I mean, that's. I'm not looking at the Ben Simmons to save us. If I'm being honest, I'm going to say some little biased. But looking at game one. I mean, we, 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 we came back, and Kyrie had a hell of a game. KD had a good game, you know. Came down to defense, and again, our defense going to get it done. Jason Tatum does a spinning layup, and, and they win. And then this last game, we were up like 17 points, and then KD wants to not hit a shot um, the whole second half. I don't basically. think you can put that on KD playing bad, though. I think you have to give credit to the Celtics on how well they played. And I also think that just because the Nets were up so much at the beginning of the game, doesn't mean they were outplaying the Celtics. The Celtics were just missing a lot of open shots. And once well, they started I mean, capitalizing you, you in the watch, second half, it if was, you watch most of the game, the Nets played better for most of that no, they game. Didn't. No, they didn't. Yeah. No. If you didn't look at the score, and dude, they looked discombobulated from the get-go. Every pass they made was getting tipped. Every every time they would drive and kick, it seemed like it was getting tipped. They didn't look connected. They didn't look like they were in a flow. They they didn't play a good game. The same thing about the Celtics. I mean, you're saying they're just missing shots, but that's that's the game. If you can't make a shot, but they were moving well and they were playing great defense and they were getting open shots. How were they They playing great defense if they were down by 17 points? Because they weren't hitting their shots. They were having open threes and they were missing. But once those shots started falling, you see what happened. They came back from 17 points easily. Okay, you can sit here and say that, but you can also sit here and say, well, Kyrie went off for 10 points and KD couldn't make a shot in the second half because of their defense. Not because they were missing shots. Not because they were getting open shots and missing them. Because they were trying to iso ball a team with great defenders, and they couldn't do it. I'm not saying their defense was bad. I'm just saying the, Cel- I'm saying the Nets had the better offense in the first half. That's why they were up. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. Okay, all right. All right. Let, let, let the voice of reason come in here. Here's what this is going to come down to, this series right here. Because I said this Tell back when I, when, I, when I argued with you, Mikey, about – we made the podcast a while back about who, who are, we thought was going to win the whole thing. And you argued the Nets, I argued the Heat. And I'm not – I'm just using the Heat as an example in this scenario. 
I said you got to have depth and you got to have people to help the guys like Kevin Durant, the guys like Kyrie. Because, see, when Katie went, when Katie was struggling, right, like you said, we didn't have anyone. Nothing was working. I'm telling you, if, if, if you look at the good teams, okay, we'll use Celtics. If Jason Tatum's having a rough night, he's got, he's got Jalen Brown. He's got Marcus Smart. He's got, got out. I don't know if Al Horford's playing right now, but he's yeah, got guys like that. He had a good game. Yeah, he's got guys like that around you to really take that pressure off. Um, you look at the Heat the other night. I mean, Duncan Robinson scored 27 points in game one, and then Jimmy goes for 45 the next. I mean, you, the problem with the Nets is their depth is just not there. You have these huge names, and you have Kyrie, and you have KD and, and Ben Simmons. But then after that, what? I mean, you have Seth Curry. I mean, I don't – And I think we're not giving enough credit. That for some reason, we're not – That I, I don't understand why they were uh, – they should, they should have at least been on, you know, in the game at least a little bit, but they didn't even uh, – you look at the Celtics team. You look at the Celtics team and their core group of guys, Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Al Horford. They have been together for, what, three or four years now? A long time. That core's been A long, long time, especially for in the NBA. The Nets are just pulling together right now. I mean, they lost their second best player halfway through the season this year, and they'd only been together for a year or two. And no, there's I, something to be said for team chemistry. You can be a horrible team, but you can know each other, and you can know how well you play. Or not horrible, but you can be uh, yeah. you can be disadvantaged skill wise, but know how to play with each other and move the ball well and move well in defense, and you will beat a team that might be better skilled. But doesn't no, I, I 100% agree. And you know, I know, I, I know, I picked the Nets, but you know, I'm kind of a homer, and I feel like I have to. I can't, I can't say right. that I can't. You know what I mean? You know, I, no, the whole thing is, I get it. You know, KD and Kyrie, I mean, the most injury-prone drama queens are probably on the league playing the same team, which is ironic, in the biggest city, on the big stage. And who, who knows how it was going to go, but I'm saying, when those two guys are on, it's very hard to beat them. And they weren't on last night. They really weren't. And we still – and we, we could have won that game. You know what yeah, I mean? We'll so, see what happens when they go to Brooklyn. I was about to say, this series – and we got we to gotta move on because we got a lot of series to cover. But – this series is not over. I'll say no. this. Game three is a must win. Now you're playing like a playing game. Like that game three is, is must win. But they win game three, the series bust wide open. Because like you said, Brooklyn could have easily still won in Boston. So yeah. both those games, they could have still won. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, the Celtics are proven. I was a little bit of a doubter of the Celtics. They're kind of proven to me that they are the real deal. And I was uh, Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I think we'll just stick with the East for now. Uh, We'll go. I'm looking at this at the box that we got. Okay, so last night we had a great game. Uh, Milwaukee, Chicago, Chicago, even the series up. Um, stole one in Milwaukee, which surprised me to be honest. Oh yeah. I will say, I love it, and I would love to see the Bucks go down because as a Heat fan, that just makes it a little. Because that's the one team that I'm scared of the most probably is Milwaukee. And as a Heat, I would love to see Chicago take them down, but I think Chicago just doesn't have enough. I know it's 1-1, and I know they just stole one in Milwaukee, but it took everything out of them to, to pull that one out last night. And I think if uh, – You saw DeMar DeRozan at the end of that game? Yeah. DeMar DeRozan is an, DeMar DeRozan's an animal, but right. No, I'm saying he couldn't get off the ground hardly at the end of that game. Right. And, it, and it's, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard on any team to have to play Giannis. You're not going to sweep the Bucs. To probably yeah. do six or seven against Giannis, defending Giannis, and, and, and then you're worried about people being guarded by Drew Hall. I mean, it's – I don't think the Bucks have enough – or the Bulls have enough. The reason the Bulls won – Go ahead, sorry. No, I just said I'm, 
I just think this series will go 4-2 to Milwaukee. I think it'll go to six. Um, and I think, yeah, I think that's – I don't think – I can't see seven in the series. The reason no, the Bulls I, won last night is because DeMar DeRozan was playing out of his freaking mind. Yeah. He, he was dribbling down. And just watching, watching him play, the separation he gets just from a simple catch it on the three-point line and spin move around someone, his footwork is amazing. And he gets to his spot, and it doesn't matter who's in front of him. It was crazy. It was going in. It was ridiculous. And he went, I think it was six for 25 in game one. And then last night, he went, you can fact check me on that. He went 16 for 31 last night and was made like one or two threes. Man is an animal. And he plays like MJ, honestly. And it's fun to watch when he's going. But, you know, and with that, you know, with that being said, they have Caruso and they have Levine, and they get buckets too. But the Bulls were up going into the second half, or go, it was third quarter, I believe, and watching the Bucks pull it closer, it was so effortless. It was just Giannis, just being Giannis. Like, it was literally like four possessions in a row on both sides, so like eight possessions where Giannis, Giannis got a block and then a layup or a foul, and, or, and then he got fouled and had, missed a free throw and then got the rebound on the free throw and dunked on someone. And then goes down and gets a block or gets a steal. It was insane. And so, like you said, when Giannis is on, when you're playing Giannis and he has the team around him, especially with Drew Holiday's defense and Chris Middleton, if he's playing well, I don't see the Bucks losing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't pick against the Bucks, but, you know, I mean, props, props to the Bulls for, you know, getting one so early. I didn't think they were going to get one this early. I knew they were going to get one maybe even when they were down 3-0 or 2-0, they were going to get one. But they got one this early, which which I commend them for. But, I mean, DeMar Rosen, I mean, what can you say? 41 points. Don't 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 also count out Zach Levine. I mean, he, he got off yeah. 24 points. He had a really good game, too. I mean, and I can Caruso's see – Caruso's defense is yeah. not talked about enough. No, that's, that's what I was about to bring up. I mean, Caruso had nine points, but, I mean, he has shut down defense, which is, which is tremendous. I mean, you get Lonzo Ball back. I don't know if he'll be back for this series. I don't know. Don't really know much about his injury. I mean, you add him in there. I mean, you can. I can see him getting two or three and making this kind of close. I think it goes. I think it goes to a five-game, six-game series. Maybe I don't know. Uh, I don't think it will reach seven. But I, Austin, you said it goes. You said five, right? No, I think six. I think Chicago. Definitely, think I think Chicago will definitely get one in Chicago. I think it'll be two-two leaving Chicago. Yeah, I think Giannis is just he has that Kobe mentality, and he's going to be pissed off. And I see the Bucks winning the first game in Chicago. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Next one, not much to talk about, um, because it is kind of a it's it's a three zero series right now. The Sixers and the Raptors. I mean, the Raptors. It's done. I mean, there's not much more to say. I think you lose the way they did last night when they gave it everything they had down two zero. They're back home. They gave it everything they had, and then Embiid takes their heart out with with seventh of a second left. It's over. Uh, it's done. And I, I take back what I said. I am a little more scared of the 76ers as a Heat fan than I am of the Bucks, And they are playing much better than I anticipated. We are going to see, because that's what the series is going to end up being. And we won't say too much on it. Joel Embiid, animal, one of the – from a center to shoot a fake three like that in, 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 a, in a moment like that. Um, so you saw the way he celebrated – he didn't like mean mug or anything. He's like skipping down the court, like smiling. I that love man's it. just a goofball, dude. I love he, it. He's so funny. He's so funny. But yeah, I mean, 
I'll touch on it just a little bit. I mean, there's not much to talk about. I mean, I, I thought the 76ers would be this this team, and you know, it is over after MB drills that three. It kind of just there's no momentum. You oh, had how no he held up the one in. too. He's like one more. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's over. With. They might sneak one, maybe. Well, the Raptors maybe, were up in the first half. Yeah, I mean, like also said, they gave it everything. Like they they could have won that game, but they, at the end of the day, we we all knew this was going to happen. Yeah, I mean. And I said, not, not too much to talk about on that front. I will say I bet Embiid loved that moment a little bit more and made it a little sweeter because if you remember the Kawhi shot that knocked him out mm. of the playoffs. And then – so he uh, – and he was left crying. He definitely has some bad blood up in Toronto. So I bet that shot felt mm. nice. Um, but and then one more in the East at least that I just – makes me smile just thinking about it. The Miami Heat up 2-0 on Atlanta. Um, you know, I shouldn't be this happy. I need to calm down because it is – a play-in team that we're right now. But, Mike, you should love it because Miami's defense is absolutely abusing Trey Young. The Hawks honestly had – I think it's – I think you can fact-check me. Definitely in the top five, but had, like, the second most efficient offense in the NBA this season. Their defense is what really caused their issues and their injuries. But they still had the second most efficient offense in the league. Game one, the Heat defense held them to their worst shooting night of the entire season. Um, yeah, that, that that's scary right there. And that, that, That's scary. And then – I'm covering the basic storylines. Then Jimmy Butler game two, literally it was Jimmy Butler's night. I mean, it was there was nothing he couldn't do. I mean, Jimmy's hit threes. Jimmy's hitting Euro steps and ones. Out, 45 from him, 45, five and five. Jimmy is playing like the Jimmy Butler we didn't see last year. And now he's playing like the guy that, that he is and, and playing like a max contract player. And then you have Trey Young after game two complaining about how if the Heat are going to be this fit, this is what he said, the Heat are going to be this physical and – and, and these refs aren't going to call any fouls. Well, there's, it's impossible to beat them. Even though the Hawks did shoot two more free throws than the Heat last night, or had two more calls fouled than the Miami Heat did. Um, but Yeah, I think he's just butthurt because they're playing like tests. They're, you see the way Kyle Lowry is getting in Trey Young? Yeah. David, they play the way you play at pickup basketball at the Y. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm being serious. Not to get off track, but David, when he plays at the Y, he plays like he's in the freaking NBA for a contract year. <laughs> he'll kill a person. Like he'll, 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 I know you're not talking to me when Austin's sitting right there. <laughs> I mean, David, David will be all up in your face. Like, dude, it, it's like it's pickup basketball. Like, me and Austin shoot. have gotten many David, a fight playing basketball. David will not let anyone shoot or get around him. None. And that's how, that's how the, this team plays here. Just like David. I had to throw that in there. Now <laughs> no, you said that. We were at the YMCA one time. And there's this big, big male. Uh, there's a big guy. He's, he's, he's definitely was working out before then, but you can tell he played basketball before. Looked like a mini LeBron. Yeah, he's a big dude. I know what you're about to say. <clears throat> oh, I remember. I think I remember this, Austin. And David, like, keeps hard fouling him. Like, David's not going to let you get anything easy because there's no free throws. So, David's just going to foul you. Like, you're just not going to get anything easy. So, this guy's getting mad. I mean, this guy's actually bleeding. Like, David's he was mad. David was not bleeding. Yes, he was. His oh, my God. David was put, putting a hurt on this guy. And this guy finally gets to the point. And then David's chirping back. They're going back and forth. And this guy gets mad. This guy gets up. And I'm sitting there thinking, dude, David, I don't know what you just got me in. But I, I'm trying to, like, calm him down and everything. I'm, like, in between both of them. And then all you see David do, this guy says something to David, like, cuss at David. David just goes. <laughs> <laughs> David, David you're, you're a freaking fool, man. <laughs> I mean, you are a pest when it comes to pick up basketball. You really are. You'll foul people. You'll make fun of them. You just know how to get under people's like, like skin to make them. I don't have AAU anymore, so I got to take it out of the wild. <laughs> on the forty-year-old mini LeBrons. 
Well, anyway, Miami, like you said, David, Mikey, curious to your thoughts on it because I could go on and on about this team and this depth and how anybody can explode at any night and the defense yeah. incredible. It's just I love this team so much, and I really, really, really hope they can get over the hump, um, finish out the series, beat Philly, and then make it to the East Coast Finals because this team is deserving of that. I, no. I, I do believe that. No, I, I mean, I don't think there's anything I can say that we haven't been saying all year and that you're, you haven't said um, other than the fact that, I mean, you look from, from their starters to their, you know, seventh, eighth bench player, anyone can go off. I mean, Tyler Heroes are six men, and he's averaging, what, second or third most points on the team. You know, Bam, I don't know what game it was. It was like Bam and, I don't know, it was Tyler Hero or Jimmy had like 10 or 15 points and some uh, there's always someone that two or three oh. players have a great game and then the rest of the team just has to play their role and play good defense and they're going to win. Right. No, and, and, and they're so unselfish. What you, so, what, what you just said was, I, I know what you're talking about. Bam and Tyler, who are some of our lean scorers in game one, only scored fifth or only scored 12 points combined. And the right. heat won, the heat won by 24 and put up 150, 115 points. Right. Over 100 it, it doesn't, guys. And, and the cool thing is they're so unselfish. If someone's hot, they're just going to keep feeding that player. They don't have to get theirs. They're going to keep feeding that player, and they're going to take pride in playing good defense, and they're going to win. And, and that's the thing with the Heat is it's, it's honestly who's hot. It's, it's, you don't have to rely on one player to score your points. You know, Not like some of these other teams like Brooklyn, like Katie and Kyrie. Those are your guys. They have to score. If they don't score, you're probably right. not winning. It's not the way it is with the Heat. It can be anybody. And honestly, you you pass that ball around so much to find, hey, who's hot? Who we give it to tonight? Because you don't know who it's going to be. And it could be all of them, which is the scary part. Yeah. It was like Duncan and like Duncan, he scores 27 game one and they play seven minutes game two. Like, yeah. That, that's just, that's how much depth they have is Duncan could be a starter on most of these NBA teams. Same with Tower Hero. And, you know, these guys don't have to play that much. Yeah. If you they still blow teams out of the water. And I like it. I like the playoff time because now everybody's watching. And I've been saying this all year, but not everybody watches a heat game on a Wednesday night like I was doing. Like, I've been saying this all year that this depth is so special. Like, you, no one knows who Max Struess is. Like, if you, didn't, if you didn't watch basketball, he starts for the Miami Heat. Gabe Vincent has, like, comes off the bench as our backup point guard. He played just a minute as minutes time. He had, like, 20-something points last game. I and mean, you wouldn't even know who that is. And Victor Oladipo has not played a minute in the series. And that's the like, crazy part, man. When that, I him, that's insane because he is good. And he's not <laughs> hasn't even played yet. He's and I saw a picture of them, like their team, uh, on some Instagram post, and I saw Depot, and I was like, oh, my, what the? I forgot he was even on that team. Just thinking about that team, God, you guys are loaded. It's just now it's going to be maintaining it. If you can keep up this just defense. not. It's just you just don't choke. And don't get hurt. Yeah. That, that's. I mean, if those two things don't happen, it's smooth sailing, I have to say. Well, I, 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 don't, I don't know. Because no, there's know, a lot of good teams. There you got to talk about the West, too. You got to talk about the Warriors and the Suns. What a freaking pool, man. Oh, my God. We're, we're about to move on to the West. Uh, so I think we just finished up with the East. Uh, but also, just for you, Mikey, real quickly, fuck Trey Young. So. <laughs> <laughs> fuck Trey Young. Um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, off to the West. <laughs> <laughs> Off to the West now. Um, 
So we'll start with the, with the, the series that I'm very intrigued by, and that is the Suns and the Pelicans. Devin Booker likely out two games now with an injury. The Pelicans tied it up yesterday. It's 1-1 going to New Orleans. Ooh, man. I could de- – I, I am bold to say this, but I want to book it now because we got – you know what? I, we've, we've kept pretty – I'm going to take New Orleans in seven. I know that's a ballsy thing to say. I'm taking New Orleans in seven. You are a crazy man. The loss of Devin Booker for two games – on the road is huge. I could see New Orleans taking three and four. Um, now I understand they're still Chris Paul and they still have a good. They've got that team's got great depth, but there's something about the Pelicans. And DeAndre Ayton. Well, yeah, yeah, obviously. But, Who's gonna match up with him? Uh, Steve Adams. No, you see, Steve Adams playing New Orleans. He plays on the Grizzlies. Yeah, I, that was a dumb. That, I'm sorry. That was, <laughs> that was dumb. Well, all I'm saying is, after watching New Orleans and how comfortable they looked playing against Phoenix and, and made Phoenix's defense look very, very discombobulated and with something that we haven't seen all year on the road, you know, and now you take Devin Booker out of that equation for two games at least. I don't know. You know, I take that back. DeAndre Ayton only had 10 points in their last game. The Pelicans do have – I forgot they have Valanciunas and Jackson Hayes. Jackson Hayes has been playing well. Well, I'm just talking about big man that can – Jackson Hayes is athletic, is an athletic player too. My 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 thing is Austin. I mean, I get Devin Booker's out. They, I think they'll get one. I don't think they get both, dude. I'm looking at what Brandon Ingram did, and that is not sustainable. I mean, he was one. He was three for three and three on uh, three points, and then you know uh, he was eight for eight. I mean, he had 37 points. I mean. He's not going to do that every game. Brandon Ingram is like that, dude. Brandon Ingram is not just some guy that went off. Brandon Ingram he's, is notorious for scoring a lot of points. I mean, yes, but he's not he, He's not someone who might take you over to the top and, and steal this steal the series away from Devin Booker and Chris Paul. I, know, I mean, Devin Booker will be out two games, but I think they can manage and and, and break even with, and 1-1. One, one, and once Devin, get, Devin Booker gets back, I think it's over after that. I, there, okay, so first of all, another reason I'm thinking this is there's a lot of crazy things that happen in the playoffs. I could just see this happening. You're going back to New Orleans. You just lost one at home. You don't have Devin Booker, you know for sure. And this Pelicans team is playing well. C.J. McCollum, I mean, having his presence, I think, has really helped them too because this is a guy people forget. Now, they, they lost pretty badly, but C.J. McCollum was a key member of the Trailblazers going to the Western Conference Finals when the West was loaded. Having him yeah. on that roster now. EJ, you know Damian Lillard is, has got to be – feeling some type of way up there in Portland, not making the playoffs and seeing C.J. McCollum do what he's doing over in New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he said – he already said he was a bit jealous of that whole thing. Really? I didn't see that. He said he, said he was he's jealous. Dame, I, I predict, based on what he's watching McCollum do this year, he's going to leave. And I, I think he might go to Lakers. got to leave. I mean, it's it's time for him to move off of Portland and, and go get a team that's actually playoff contender. I hope so. I love Damian Lillard. He's one of my favorite players. Damian Lillard is – one reason I love him, though, is because of how loyal he is to Portland. He, I mean, he's – he's. I don't know. I have a hard time thinking he's yeah. going to He really is. I mean, that's hard to come by. Know where he could go. Well, he's not going to with the players they have. But I was going to say Golden State because he's from Oakland, isn't he? Ooh, I would not want to go to Golden State. But he's not, he's not going to. Just they're so stacked. But that would be cool. That's just thing that, that could happen if Jordan Poole and Steph Curry and Clay Thompson didn't exist. Yeah. God, the fact that we're going Jordan Poole in that right now is, is just is, – it's crazy to hear. 
Well, I guess we can we'll, – I, we'll leave the, the Phoenix discussion and we can head down. I'm moving down to the Warriors. Warriors, Denver. Golden State's up 2-0. I mean, just Jokic, Jokic just isn't enough. He's not the kind of player that by himself is he going to win you a series, especially when you're going to be as loaded as Golden State with the Steph Curry, with the Klay Thompson, with Draymond Green. Like, it's just going to be very hard to do. Um, you know, I would love to see the Nuggets team fully healthy. But I'm, t- I'm telling you, Jamal Murray, Jamal Murray, there. It's a different. This is a. This is a different. Right. Right. But it's it's crazy though, Austin, because Steph is still not fully back yet. I don't, is, I don't think Steph is, is. Is Steph starting or no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steph's, Steph's playing, playing. Steph's Steph's. Is he playing, playing? I, don't, oh, I didn't think ooh. he was. Oh, well, last yeah. game he came off the bench because he was still kind of hurt. Yeah, no, he came off the bench, Austin. That's what I'm saying. Is Steph's not even starting yet? He's he's not playing as many minutes as he actually could be. Or will be, and it's because Jordan Poole. They're not rushing back because Jordan Poole is stepping up. He's sinking these shots for him. Imagine when Curry's fully healthy and they got Jordan Poole, Clay, and Steph all healthy. Thing that ever- and you know, something has to be said about Steve Kerr at this point, because you know you can see all that talent in Golden State, and we see lots of talent everywhere in the league. But they Golden drafted. State drafted Steph Curry, Jordan Poole, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green. And that has been – Jordan Poole's a new guy, but those three players have been the cornerstone of all of their success, regardless of whenever they pulled KD in, mm-hmm. which everyone has their own mixed emotions about that. But Steve Kerr, the confidence that he instills in his players, the way that he gets them to move the ball, and, I mean, just – it's – I don't know what he's doing over there. It's just must be he literally – has secret sauce and puts it in all of their all their cheeseburgers or something. But there's something there's special. A team, go, there's a team to beat. And Draymond Green, no, we don't talk about him very much. Without him, without his leadership, and without his his you know getting under people's skin, playing hard defense, moving the ball well, they're not the team that they are. Right now, Draymond Green is is instrumental. I mean, the way he can defend everything on the court. He can defend every position. He can do it all. He's, he's just athletic enough to do it. And then you have – I think the best thing that happened to Jordan Poole was the Clay Thompson injury because then he's playing – and then this year at least, Curry's injury because he's just been thrown into this role where it's like you got to do it. I mean, and, and, and yeah. you're learning from Clay even when he's not playing. I mean, you're learning from Curry playing with him and you figure out and you're getting more minutes because these guys are out. I think if Clay Thompson doesn't get hurt the second time and I think if Curry stays healthy – this is, we're not – first of all, Jordan Poole's not seeing the floor nearly as much, and we're not seeing him do what he's doing now. But because right. he has an opportunity, he's, and he's had that experience, and he's played with that system, because that is a very unique system of getting people open and always moving off the ball. You know, it. Jordan Poole now is, is, is going to be looking for big money, uh, and rightfully so, because he's become he's, – I think he's a future all-star down in a couple years from now. Easily. Um, okay, so next one, a series that is – I, I'm very intrigued by, and it's very even, well, these last two. We'll go to the first one, uh, Dallas and Utah. Dallas was able to steal game two at home, which is crazy to say, but because they don't have Luka. Um, I don't – they play tonight. I don't know Luka's status, if someone wants to check that. I don't know if Luka's, what Luka's status is for game three. It I'm was, on it. It was still kind of up in the air. But I just know Dallas, you know, they played Jalen Brunson. Okay, and I had an argument with my, my roommate because he thought Jalen Brunson was, like, the next 
superstar, and I'm not going to put him on that level yet. Can I interrupt you really quick? Yeah. Luka Doncic, or Doncic, or however you say it, pessimism significant around return of Luka for Dallas Mavericks game tonight. Published 41 minutes ago by ESPN. So that's also says Luka vows to play in that as playoff game three. Mm-hmm. Hold on, hold on. I got to get the whole article. If Luca comes back, this is going to be a seven-game series because, first of all, let's not take anything from the Jets. You got Rudy Gobert, you got Donovan Mitchell, you, you got you got your guys there. You got Bogdanovich. Then over here in Dallas, though, people forget, and I was guilty of this, like I was saying before. Um, why did I just Jalen Brunson? If he is on, this Mavs seems hard to beat. He, I don't remember how much he dropped. I think he dropped forty something last game. Forty-one, um, I think. Forty-two. Yeah. yeah. And then you have they have shooting. I don't. Oh, I can't remember his name. But they have shooting bigs all over the place. Dorian Finney-Smith is is a great guy to have in, as a wing defender. I like Dallas, and if Luke is back, but without Luca, I don't see Dallas make making it to a game seven. I think it'll be over in six because you can't expect Jalen Brunson to do that kind of performance when he's not at that level yet. Every night, what they did in Game Two was great. They did. They gave Luca another chance, and they gave him a shot um, by evening the series up. But they, I don't. Dallas cannot sustain that throughout the entire series if Luca's not back. Luca comes back, the series is wide open, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree. If, if Luca's not there, it's it's pretty much over. Even Luca at seventy five percent, I think they still got a chance. That's how good Luca is. So I think if he if he's got a chance to play, even if he's not one hundred percent, I think you take the risk and you, and you throw him in there. But if Luke is not there, I don't think. Actually, I know that it's it's not going to be it's not going to be pretty for them. If Luke is back, I would take the Mavs just because I think Luke is that good of a player that he can carry the Mavs to a win. I think it will still be a six seven game series. But yeah, if Luke is not there, it's it's pretty much done work for the Mavs. Hey, and we can't forget about Spencer Dinwiddie and what he yeah. has meant for yeah. that team. Yeah, he 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 really was struggling <clears throat> in Washington. Really has come on to – I watch a lot of Mavericks games because my roommate is a, Dallas, is a Mavericks fan, and he's really come on. You never know what Dinwiddie though. He's, he's got a weird game style of play. Um, but, yeah, that's a, he's, a, he's been a big, big, big asset. You know, I, we do need to start questioning this, though. If Luka comes back in the series and they end up playing worse or they end up losing like a five or six or something, we have to really start asking questions about how legit we, we consider Luka Doncic because – Whoa! He's lost a lot. Oh. He, he he loses a lot of first round series. I mean, he's great. And his 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 career is still very young, and he doesn't have a great team. And he's in the league at a time where there is more talent than there's ever been. Yeah. But I do see your point, Austin. Well, I like to give it. him a few more years, and then if that's still the narrative, that's one thing. But I know. Can you say that is probably? I'll, I'll just let you let you go. Well, no, like I was saying, I mean, I figured the. <laughs> <laughs> oh. No, <laughs> nah, I think Luca. You know, the only reason I say that, and I, I, I want to criticize him, is because he's everywhere, and it's it's all everybody talks about. We talk about Luca, 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 like he's one of the best top five players in the league. Right. I'm sitting there like, well, then do something with it. Right. right, and I understand their their roster is not not unbelievable, but if you're going to talk to them like on that level, I think I see the same thing for Jason Tatum. I think Jason. Yeah. I, I think for Jason now Jason Tatum did take the Celtics to an Eastern Conference Finals at a very young age, and he did take them again. He's been to two, so he's done a little bit more than Luca. 
But I say same thing with him. I mean, we talk about Jason Tatum's and Luke Doncic, and, and, and we high him on such a put him on such. Yeah, a but, but Jason Tatum kind of has a better team around. Let's 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 not like kid around. Like Jason Tatum has way more talent around him than Luke probably ever has. I mean, I, I understand what you're saying, but there's only so much I think Luke can do. But yeah, again, not get, being able to get out of the first round, I do agree with. He's got to get out of the first round at least. Right, and and, and I, I think then we have that kind of conversation. But, I mean, he's hurt. If he's out for this year, you can't put him You give him another year. But I do think Luka is that guy, and we won't be having this conversation questioning if really if Luka is and I as think, good as people. And I, this is why I wanted to let you say that, Austin, instead of saying it for you. Um, the only reason Austin is saying that is because we talk about him like he's a top-five player, like he's going to be the face of the league. Yeah. And if you can't put it, put, turn it on in the playoffs, then and, – and also we're saying all of this, and he hasn't even played in the game. So yeah. yeah, I'm just saying. I was just saying if that's a, that was right. a, that was no. the hypothetical. I think we're all in the same boat. I agree, but let's let's ease that. Let's slow the brakes just a little bit. I think it's a little too early. To, uh, yeah. I think I also bit, I'm, yeah. a, I'm a bit bitter because, like you know, as a Heat fan, at least I, I watch these commercials. I notice all this little stuff. I watch this commercial like it's a playoff commercial. ESPN runs all the time, and they have like all these like highlight plays. It's like Giannis, which obviously whatever Giannis. Giannis, KD, Luca, Jason Tatum, all the like these these like Anthony Edwards, John Moran, and then Bam gets on there for literally half a second. I mean, they just show like a, like a small, tiny little snip of Bam, but they're, they're flashlight on the team. I'm like, we're the number one team in the East. I mean, what like, screw you guys, dude. So I get a little bitter about that kind of stuff. But whatever. I know you can't market Jimmy Butler because Austin, you take Jimmy. Why can't we market Jimmy? You take you take Jimmy or Butler. I mean, you you take Jimmy or Butler. <laughs> You take uh, you take Jimmy or Luca. Come on. Man. Oh, give me Jimmy all day. Give me Jimmy Buck. Uh, come playoff time. Okay, Luca's that obviously the better player. I'm sorry, but I love Jimmy Butler, so I'm taking Jimmy Butler. I don't care what. Luca's gonna score more points, and he I, might have a better defensive. He has a better defensive rating, but he also plays point guard, and he's like six seven, two fifty. You put Luca at small forward. Jimmy's playing on the wing against guys that are Luca's size or bigger, and he's one of the best defenders in the league. Jimmy I still, Butler. I, I, I still think Luka I was not a great defender until he went to point guard. And I, and to answer your question, David. Well, I forgot your question. So um, that's good. That's great. <laughs> what was my? I didn't have. A oh oh oh! You said why can't you market? Why can't you market Jimmy Butler? And oh yeah yeah. JJ Reddick said it. JJ Reddick said it perfectly. He's like because he has such an unconventional style of play. His game is so weird. Like most of his point, he's not a three point shooter. He went off the other day, but he's not a three point shooter. He just shoots – he bats – he, he bully balls you. He backs you down and shoots a fader typically and from the mid-range, or he gets into the lane. It doesn't matter how big you are and draws fouls and makes layups. Where yeah, and I was, I was thinking about that the other day, and not necessarily as it pertains to Jimmy, but just watching highlights, just scrolling through Instagram, and it's just like everything is like a step-back three or a deep three, and it's, it's like, wow. This is really the NBA now. Like you can't, everyone you, is shooting from like four feet behind the arc. Well, that's yeah. why people like to hate Jimmy, and they like to like they they don't like say he's a superstar because he doesn't do those things. But he still is just as productive. And the heat of the, he's the star player for the number one team in the East for a reason. He mm-hmm. just does things that aren't flashy. They're not mar- like I said, marketable on social media or all these platforms. Or like you don't want not you don't typically get excited to watch Jimmy Butler bully ball the whole game. Those forty five points, a lot of those were and ones, mid range jumpers, getting to the basket. It's not stuff that people enjoy, but. It's efficient, and I would rather have him than a lot of other people than Trey Young, who might have more highlight plays. Because oh, Trey Young, honestly, 
I like I would rather watch a forty one point game of a forty one point highlight tape of someone bullying someone and being crafty and hitting mid range fadeaways than I would someone just hitting a bunch of catch and shoot threes. I'm kind of a flashy guy, so I think I'd rather shoot threes. But I'm oh just, yeah, just, uh, yeah, Mike. Yeah, Jimmy Butler's <laughs> game is a lot. Jimmy Butler's game is a lot like Mikey's. Only Jimmy makes the back down fadeaway shots. Mikey <laughs> down fadeaway air ball. That's his favorite. Hey, <laughs> hey but when I'm on it. They all win for some reason. When you're on it, you actually make like three shots. Hey, 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 hey! I'm the only one here that can dunk. So you know what? Get off my back. I'm the only one on this podcast that can dunk. So get off my back. Oh, I'll believe that when I see it. I gotta see that one. All right, we'll send the video. Maybe with a dodgeball on a nine foot rim. Maybe. All right. Maybe All right, I will bet you guys that I can dunk on a 10-foot rim. Maybe if you went to the gym and actually did legs for once, maybe. Awesome. <laughs> I know you ain't talking. <laughs> hey, listen, I don't, I don't try to portray something. I don't try to portray myself as something I'm not, Mikey. Hey, you say hey Mikey doesn't portray himself as someone that does legs. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Never once have I said I've done them. Um, and then to conclude, our final series, which is one that is very exciting and I think could go anyway, um, Memphis. Minnesota. Um, Anthony Edwards versus John Morant. First of all, I watched game one, and Anthony Edwards is a freaking bucket, dude. He is basically basically in three years. Dude, he is insanely good. And then, you know, I watched John, and I'm like, I'd kind of rather have Anthony Edwards if I'm being honest with you. I I honestly would because, you know, John – not a great shooter, and if he's not getting a false, a, false. Not a great shooter. He's not false. a great shooter. He's not a great shooter. False. He's not. He's he's not a great shooter. I'm gonna yeah. stats. It, it, I'll let you keep talking. Debatable. I'll let you keep talking, and then I'll hit you with some stats. Anthony Edwards' offensive game, at least I'm not I'm not counting defense here, but Anthony Edwards' offensive game is more well-rounded, in my opinion, than John Morant's. I, I the only reason I'm I might be entertain that is because he's stronger but he doesn't have anything skill wise that jaw doesn't have yeah awesome what does anthony would have that 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 jaw really doesn't have i think he's a better shooter i think no, john morant his athleticism more but i think honestly i think anthony edwards is a little more crafty at creating his own shot because he's a better shooter jaws just uses his athleticism and i'm not hating that's on not him. true that's not true this is not a hate on john morant first of all i'm comparing him to anthony edwards two players that i think are unbelievable in our future all-stars and John Moran, at one point in the season, was shooting 40% from three. What's he shooting now? Finished the season shooting 34.4. Anthony great. Edwards finished the season shooting 35.7. But Jaw, on the other hand, has Who's a 49% field goal percentage. Who's shooting more threes, though? I would, I would say Anthony Edwards probably shooting more threes than John Moran. I don't know about that, dude. I think you need to watch Jaw play more and not just look at the highlights. I watched John play, and I watched Anthony Edwards play. I watched them play against each other, and I'm telling you, what I saw was Anthony Edwards. Even in Game Two, I still somewhat agree with the fact that I think Anthony Edwards has a better, well, like a more well-rounded offensive game. I would personally, if I was a GM, I'd rather have Anthony Edwards. I, I don't, I don't agree with that. I, I do. Uh, okay, you, you're right. Anthony Edwards on the season had 215 threes to Jaws 88. That is a lot oh, more. But, 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 but let's talk about 
how John Morant also averaged more points in the paint than anyone else in the league, and he's a point guard. Well, that's and that's not because he's not crossing people up and getting to the rim. He is, but he also not is because he's unskilled. And it's not because he can't shoot threes. It's because he's smart. If you can drive down the lane and dunk on someone, why not do it? If he's open, he's going to drain the three. If he's open, he's going in. And he can, and he can shoot off the dribble better than anyone. I ugh. okay. The points of the paint, I think he does. He a lot of that. Yes, okay, smart and yes. If you can dunk on someone, go do it. But also, and I think another important reason to that is because he, he a lot of his offensive game is his athleticism and his quickness. Nothing wrong okay, with it. You take away, you take away that it. from Anthony Edwards. Like Jaws, also averaging twenty seven to Anthony Edwards twenty one. Mm. Well, also the same. real question is, is who you got in this? And he's averaging matchup. twice as many assists and more rebounds than Anthony Edwards. So, David, you're taking you're taking Ja over all Edwards. day, all day. I think I'm taking Anthony Edwards. I'm being honest. I think I think I'm taking Ja. I, I think I think Anthony player. Edwards and Ja Morant in the future will both be the face of the league. But right now, if you ask me who I want, Anthony Edwards or Ja Morant, I. No part of me can say Anthony Edwards. He had a good game. He had a great game for game one. He came out and scored 20 in game two, which is all right. Okay. Anthony, like, if if I look at someone and I can just see that I believe that his offensive game is I, – I think it's a little more consistent. I think it's – He's got more in his toolbox than John Moran. He has a lower Moran. field goal percentage. What is he? What is he has less points per game. The only thing you're saying is he's a better shooter, which he might be a better shooter, but not by, not by a lot. There's a difference between, right. also, I think he's a better pure shooter, and I also think he's better at creating his own shot. But then oh. also at the same time, if we're looking like if I'm as GM, I'm looking long term, John Morant takes a beating a lot. He does. I'm going to add does. up. That is going to add up. That's he's gonna fair. Have, he's gonna I'll give you that. He's going to have to figure something else out to where he can't just be flying in the paint too much. It's great that he did it this year, but he's going to have to, his game's going to have to evolve if he's going to take his career long. Now, I will say, I think he's smart for not putting on too much muscle. I think he could. I think he could. These guys don't want to put on muscle. Well, they're, they're, I think they're better without it. I mean, someone with his, with his lankiness. He's so damn lanky. Yeah. I think, I think Jaw could put a little bit more on. But just because of his play style and the way that he flies through the air so often, if he had too much weight on him, he'd be That's looking at a torn ACL really quick. Yeah, no, I agree. Now, all right, let's talk the series. Though. But just, man, you look at Jaws' craftiness and you look at the way he finishes around the rim and all the things he does besides dunk on people, just his, his touch around the rim, you can't, you can't tell me you take any, any – Anyone outside of you know the obvious like top five big names like I think Jaw is going to be an MVP. I mean, maybe. In in his I, think, I think Anthony Edwards could be. I think Anthony Edwards is going to be an MVP. I agree. Oh, I agree. Um, I just but, don't think I put him up there with Jaw quite yet. Give him another year or two. Now, who's going to win the series? It's one one going to Minnesota tonight. <laughs> You know, Carl Anthony Towns is playing like Carl Anthony Towns. Um, that that Timberwolves team is no joke, man. They're uh, not, and I didn't see this coming, honestly. I was not a big believer in in Memphis. We 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 can we can all go back and track that. You know, I kind of like I kind of like Minnesota in this one. Too. I think I, I if one of my upsets doesn't work, I'll be disappointed. But I think either Minnesota or New Orleans is going to take down one of these top two teams. I think Minnesota could beat them in seven realistically. 
I mean, Carl, I Carl Anthony Towns. If Carl Anthony Towns continues to play the way he's playing. That's very. He's a very. He, people forget how good he is because he's been in Minnesota his whole career. Carl Anthony Towns is the real deal, man. Right? He, yeah. He's a very. He's a dominant big man that can shoot. Um, yeah. I Minnesota. I do. If, if he if he continues to play the way he is, I I, I can see Minnesota winning. Honestly, this is this is. I think it's pick them. It, it pick whoever because I hear what man. you're saying. What I hear what you're saying. But I just think you look at you look at the T Wolves. They have Anthony Edwards. If he's not going for thirty five, they're not going to win. They're not going to win. What about Jaw then? If he doesn't go for thirty five, they win. Jaw last game had twenty three nine and ten, almost a triple double, and they and Stephen Adams had zero points, and they still won by almost thirty. Their team is so well rounded. They had one, two, three, four, five, six players score thirteen or more. Seven players score ten or more. Yeah, so but what did, they, what did they do the first game though? What did those guys do the first game when they lost? That's the question. I mean, you can look, you can look at one game and say, yeah, the whole team did well. That's obviously, that's they won. But is it sustainable? You know what I mean? Like, did this they is what I mean. One? This is what I mean. I'm glad you brought that up, Mike. Because in game one, the Grizzlies scored 117. Game two, they scored 124. Game one looks very similar. Only difference is Dylan Brooks went off, and John Morant had a few more, so it was a little less balanced. They had they had 32-24, but they still had five players score over double digits. Steven Adams had zero points in both games. I don't know what's going on there, but I guess that just speaks to his defense. Because he's not really grabbing that many rebounds either. Brandon Clark's over here with 12 rebounds. But I just see – and then I go back and look at the T-Wolves from game one. The reason they won that game is because Anthony Edwards scored 36 and Carl Anthony Towns scored 29. Well, Without that – and Malik Beasley and Jaden McDaniels had 15 or more. Without their, their top players going off, they can't win. That's well, that's what, I, that's, that's what I'm saying is if Carl – Anthony Towns continues to play the way he's going to. I can see them winning. That's he didn't not saying score that he's 20 going. points last game. He didn't score 20 points last Here, game. Here's a player that one of their top players that we have failed to mention, and he didn't go off, and they won, and that'd be D'Angelo Russell. Um, I don't think he's necessarily all that. I think D'Angelo's a very, a very good, a very good player. Yeah, he's a very he good player, but very good, and he can go off for you. I mean, he can go off for a 30 piece. You never, you never know. He can, but what like. When was the last time he did that? How many points did he? How many points did he have? He had eleven and ten in the last two games. I mean, those aren't two for great. eleven, and three for eleven. Let me see what he was averaging over the year. Eighteen. I think he was averaging like sixteen averaging or seven. Eighteen and seven. That's pretty freaking good, man. That's yeah. solid. That's solid. That's more than so- eighteen and seven. I mean, that's like. The same numbers Andrew Wiggins was putting up, and he started in the All Star game. I mean, ugh, I don't know. He's a good player, but I, I don't know. I mean, I need to see more out of him in the playoffs in order to believe. I think this series is destined for seven because I don't. If think- you're the third best player on a team, you need to be doing better than five for twenty-two over the course of these past two games, and that's I what he's, he's struggling. But that just also speaks they won they they won a game without him playing great, and he was a, a, a big a key score for them in the regular season. If he turns it up, but that's only because their top two players went off. Well, and they had an. They went off, but what if D'Angelo Russell, you know, 
If the NBA right. doesn't have like a rid of gambling, then we but see they the have to do that every game. The Grizzlies have they, it's because they scored 130 points in that game. The Grizzlies scored 117 to 124. As long as they play good defense, the Grizzlies are going to take this series. And they're pissed off because they lost their first game at home. And honestly, I don't know if they're going to lose another game. I think Minnesota takes the game tonight, so we'll be fine because it's. I think back in Minnesota, that that crowd is. And people were talking shit about John Morant posting that video of MJ. I'm I'm here for it. I love it. I love. <laughs> I think David Kavinsky going with Ja. I think I got to go with Ja. <laughs> I, think, I think they're gonna win. I do think it's going to seven though. I do think it's gonna be really close. Like I said, I think it's a pick em. I don't think it's close with that crowd with that because they haven't had a playoff game in ages. You saw the you saw the the how they were acting and the play in at home. That crowd is going to be – I mean, it's. I would not want to be playing against Memphis. That's a great point. No, that's a great point. I could definitely – I don't see Memphis taking two in Minnesota. I just don't see that's going to – I don't think it's going to happen. It's just the Grizzlies' depth, man. Like, they just have scores everywhere. We're going to see, man. I'm not a big believer in Memphis, but I know you are. So, it's going to be good to see how this unfolds. I think whoever they play in the – if they end up playing – they play tonight, so. I think they play Golden State tonight. I mean, they play Golden State next round. Ooh, I can see. I can see. <laughs> I could Jaws see coming for that. Jaws coming for that best point guard in the league crown. I think if Curry plays that series, I think uh, Golden State in like five or six. But that's Golden just- State is going all the way. Yeah, that's I, I wouldn't be surprised. Golden State, Miami, calling it. It's funny because we all that, like that's what I take to my NBA app. I legitimately picked Miami and Golden State to go all the way. It's we'll funny because we all look really stupid right now, too, saying this, because whenever we made a podcast uh, a couple months ago, we were all like, oh, it's the Suns. The, the, <laughs> the Warriors. No, I said the Warriors. I, I was on there saying, I think the Warriors are going to go, but I think it's going to be between the Suns. I was a big believer in the Suns. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to own it. But, you but know, Devin Booker's out. Devin Booker's out. You lose Devin but, Booker. But, you know, he'll be back. He'll be back. So, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Ooh. I, this, is, uh, this is my favorite time of year. I love the playoffs. Just Same. Even. This is awesome. So, all right, well, thank you guys for listening. Um, thank you guys for being on. Uh, we're going to get back with you guys next week, hopefully with some updated, and we'll have a more updated bracket to break down in the NBA. Um, just a reminder, you can go catch all of our stuff, previous episodes on all streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can watch the podcast on YouTube. Uh, if you want to go see some clips and some, see some social media, um, we have Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at That Damn Sports Podcast, D-A-M. Damn. Damn, as in goddamn.